0: The first two episodes of Hawkeye are finally here, and I have thoughts. Is it the best start to an MCU show yet? Find out right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. i do this all day. What are they called again? Annulax batteries. Arbulary batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth. Mysterio is the truth. Boom. You looking for this? What is up and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes. I'm your host, Ethan Simmy. Hawkeye is here, and I've got to be frank. I've got to be honest with you. I'm digging it. I'm, I'm digging it. Look, it does have flaws. I'm going to get into it, but goddamn, if the Christmas vibe isn't enough to just completely wash over me with the joy that is Marvel and Christmas and, and just all things, it just feels like everything is right in the world when I sat down to watch this. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I've got a reaction and a review to the first two episodes right here, right now. Let's start off with the good stuff, of course. Now, as many of you know, listeners of the pod for, for a while know, if you follow me on Twitter, you know as well, I'm not a big fan of Hawkeye. I just don't, I didn't vibe with Hawkeye initially. Hawkeye's just not my guy. Bow and Arrow, you know, we get a Katniss Everdeen shout out here. I feel like, I feel like the Bow and Arrow has been done. I feel like, I feel like Hawkeye's nothing special. But I did say, I did say last week on the pod that I'm going in with an open mind and an open heart and I'm ready to be changed. I'm ready for Hawkeye to wow me and to change my life and to change my viewpoint on Hawkeye as a character and as a hero among the Avengers. And you know what? Bing, bang, boom. First scene of the series already got me getting chills. Getting chills. And I, I didn't want this to be the case. And I, I look, I, I said I was going in with an open heart but honestly, I was like, eh, this is probably just going to be okay, and that first scene, that first flashback scene to 2012, the Battle of New York, when we see this nice kind of like history of Kate Bishop and who she was as a kid, and then we get Clint falling off or jumping off the roof and just being such a badass and fighting the Chitari and saving Kate Bishop's life. I I literally like, got chills. I had to look around and I was like, wait, this is already doing this to me? I'm six minutes into the show and I'm already this attached to it? That is ridiculous and really impressive and kind of crazy. And I I really liked that intro scene. Honestly, we, we get a good a good rounding out. And I think it does set a really good tone for the show as a whole. It puts us back in 2012. It puts us into something that we're familiar with right off of the bat. We all know the Battle of New York. We all know the Chitauri. We know the Avengers. We know how that kind of played out. But now we get it from this different perspective. And I guess for me, what worked really well for that scene was seeing how the Battle of New York impacted somebody else, not an Avenger, not the Chitauri, not Loki, but impacted a regular person like Kate Bishop and not to mention it inspired her to become this insanely good archer and it it pushed her to this life that she now has, uh, which we're we're kind of learning about at 22. She's like the best archer uh, in the whole wide world, according to her. And I love that. I think that was just such a cool scene initially. So uh, I'm not going in with bad feelings for Hawkeye. I'm really loving it so far. uh, I think it's fantastic. I thought episode one was stronger than episode two. I will say that. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw down a couple facts real quick. Since we did get this two episode premiere and tackling two episodes at the same time does contain a lot of information for the 15 minutes of the pod. I do think episode one was better than two. I think it was more emotional story building, less focus on fighting and kind of moving from that clue A to clue B to progress the story. And and really it's because of this this one specific scene and that specific scene being the Rogers musical scene. And that's essentially the second scene that we get in Hawkeye. I thought it was the strongest scene among the, the entirety of the first two episodes. To me, it is an emotionally layered scene. We see Clint at the Rogers the musical uh, watching it and not listening to it. He turned off his hearing aid He's there with his kids and he has to, you know, walk out uh to get some fresh air because he sees Nat and we get to see the music. And I which, you know, the music is a banger. If 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 Marvel and Disney Plus are not putting out a full length Rogers the Musical, we have failed as a society. That is, that is what we demand and that is what we need. Marvel, I know you're listening to this podcast. Make it happen, Rogers the Musical. We're all thinking it, we're all saying it. Make it happen, please. But I think this theme tells us so much about Clint Barton as a human being, as someone who does deal with grief and loss and sadness and all of these very real traumatic emotions that humans suffer with every single day. but we view him as an, an avenger. He's a hero to us, but he does have these very real things that are eating at his heart and his mind and and really his core being. And I think that is really in line with phase four of what we've got so far, really diving into what makes this character tick? What makes this hero be who this hero is? And and how can we humanize that? How are we getting this sensitive side and this very emotionally connecting side of our hero? And this scene really does it for me. Because when he sees Natasha Jeremy Renner can just display such incredible emotion on his face. And maybe I didn't realize this before. I've seen him in other movies and and he's been good. There's no doubt about that. But he sees Natasha. We don't hear anything. He doesn't say anything, but we can read him like a book. And and he is struggling. He is having a really hard time reliving this and, and that being his best friend. And he has to step out and get some air. And that is really, really telling. Follow that up by the the urinal scene which I thought was hilarious a great comedy break uh in this very kind of packed emotionally layered scene of this guy asking for a selfie which which was hysterical but I think it's very interesting too that Thanos was right is kind of written on that urinal and that that is something that Clint Barton Hawkeye has to live with every single day is this now kind of politicized view of of everything that's happening with the Avengers and has happened and with Thanos and Mysterio and everything moving forward with the multiverse is kind of all uh, politicized, namely because of the Daily Bugle. And I'm, I'm curious how that will impact things moving forward in the MCU. But right here, you get a really good look at it. He can't, he can't even, my dude can't even go to the bathroom without dealing with this, you know, thinking of Thanos, thinking of Infinity War and Endgame and Ronin and Nat and everything that goes with that. And he can't even go to the bathroom because someone's asking for a selfie. Like, I just think that is such a layered, a layered scene and it's funny. And at its, at its face value, it's a, it's really just an enjoyable scene, but I think it speaks so much more. And that was my five minute Ted talk on the first six minutes of Hawkeye and the first two episodes of Hawkeye. The visual clues in this show are heavy so far. Eleanor, Kate, uh, Kate Bishop's mom, is wearing that stunning red dress to the dinner party. Look, she's the only one in color. She's the only person not wearing black or white. She is in all red. Mephisto confirmed. Mephisto confirmed. God, sorry, I just had to get that out. I had to get that out of my out of my body, out of my mind. Um, it's it's happening, and we are here again, and we can all know that Mephisto is upon us. Mephisto is here working from the innards of Hawkeye. I thought the action was pretty good in the first episode. I like that wine cellar fight. We get a nice explosion, good hand-to-hand combat, introduction of that Ronin suit and the Ronin sword. All good things. I thought, it, I thought it was pretty pretty cool. Let's talk about Jack for a second. We've got this introduction to a brand new character, Jack, who is now engaged to Kate Bishop's mom, Eleanor. This guy is the, he's the new John Walker, right? He's he's like he's like John Walker if but if John Walker married your mom and essentially just became your stepdad overnight but was still an atrocious human being at his heart. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Easy to hate, definitely a red herring, definitely a decoy. There's no way that he is the murderer like right off the bat. I do like this kind of murder mystery uh kind of puzzle that we're getting so far in the first two episodes. I think that's pretty fun but yeah he's he's hiding something but he's playing it so well and uh, and I love I love his character because he's he's easy to hate which means that this this character is doing exactly what this character is supposed to do giving us something to focus on and to possibly pull us in another direction and stop Focusing on other things, I don't know. just a question, just just thinking far too early for speculation about jack, but uh, but is it? Is it? I don't know because we're already two episodes into a six episode series. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen with Jack. he my dude might might be working for kingpin kingpin i'm I'm gonna say it. he could be working from some some higher up. that's just like way more important than him. And like I said, maybe his job is to be that guy that throws Clinton Kate off the trail. I don't know, but I mean, we all know this guy's up to no good. He's a dirty, dirty dude. Don't like it. This show does feel really grounded, which I feel like a lot of people have been saying, and I think I think it does that in a really good and and normal and natural way. It feels feels good. It feels normal. It feels like we're just watching uh kind of some like regular day events unfold with the tracksuit mafia. I think that's a big Plus for this episode, making it a really, you know, in the streets, grounded kind of squad that you're up against is just like some bros, some tracksuit bros. And like that feels attainable. That feels normal. And I I like that. I also, another thing that I really like so far in this series is that we get these two competing family dynamics. So we have Clint Barton's family and his wife and his kids and, and him risking missing Christmas and everything that kind of surrounds that and their love and affection for each other, and really at Clint's core, just being a good dad to his kids and being a good husband to his wife. But then you have this juxtaposition of Kate Bishop's family, which is really interesting. We have a lot of tension. We have uneasiness. We have that lack of compassion and very surface level things. And by the end of the second episode, we're diving into you know this kind of dinner scene where Jack is, is lying and then possibly still not telling the truth and is kind of at the core of this murder mystery that we're getting. So you have these two competing family dynamics that I think are a great opposite play for the storyline of both characters. And when we see Kate Bishop and when we see Clint Barton in their respective families without the other person around, I think it tells us a lot about their individual characters. And I like that we get these two sides. We get them together and they get to build their relationship together, which is fun and quirky and energetic, and I really like it. And then we get them apart and they get to be with their families and, and we get to see them tr- their true selves. And in Kate Bishop's case, I think that's more important and more telling uh, for finding out who she is as a character. Ending of episode one was enticing. Yep, predictable. I think we, we kind of all knew that we were gonna get this nice little cliffhanger of Clint and Kate meeting. I still enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. But like I said earlier, I think episode one really just shines when it's dealing with emotional grief and loss that Clint is dealing with. Um, I think Jeremy Renner can display that so well. And I hope that this series dives deeper into that because he has, my guy has a lot of drama that he's holding back. And and I know, I, I hope that this series will tackle some of that and move in that direction Kind of like we did with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and, and that kind of side of things. I hope we get that and hope we get a little less like action-y, beat up the tracksuit mafia, get to the head guy, and solve this murder mystery. Like, you know, I I know that's the main goal here, but I hope we kind of get there on a more, more emotional level. Some call-outs for episode two. Uh, Hawkeye catching and throwing back a Molotov cocktail is uh, certified badassery. That's so epic, and I saw that. And it was in some promos, and I was like, yeah, this is cool. And then I saw it in the episode, and I was like, God, yeah, that's sick. That's super, super cool. So I liked that a lot. Also a huge, huge fan of the LARPing scene. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was funny and hilarious. Gives us a good idea into kind of Clint's mind and how he views his life as an Avenger. And also, you know, on this other level, it kind of gives us this view into this guy grills and how he views his life and how he wants to be a superhero and and kind of the opposite end of the spectrum how hawkeye is so inundated with being a hero all the time but this is close as close as grills is going to get to being a superhero is larping with hawkeye uh it, also a major comic book easter egg which is very exciting i didn't know this until this morning. He is in the Hawkeye comics. He is the person in the comics who lives in Clint's apartment block and is his neighbor. He, he used to grill things on the roof, uh, which, which I guess was a thing. So, you know, our boy grills making an Easter egg appearance. I like that. I know I was supposed to like the LARPing scene. I know it played that way with the slow-mo and the funny stuff. And, and it, I just, it suckered me right in. And I was like, this is awesome. This is hilarious. This is fantastic. I really did enjoy it. I thought it was really funny. Uh, no matter how much I knew that they were trying to make me feel that way, so uh, take that for what it, for what it's worth. But I, I did like that a lot. A couple of the negative things about episode two: we got a really quick move from, from you know Kate Bishop and Clint Barton just t- saying like "Hi, who are you? Why do you have my Ronin suit?" to like "Let's team up, and now we're together, and now we're in this murder mystery together." That's that's a it's a quick build. And I understand you only have six episodes, so I do understand the kind of precedent to move quickly into that relationship, but it's still a quick turnover from them being total strangers to them now being kind of in this thing together. And the chemistry is there. There's no doubt about it. I think that's something that I really like and we all are are going to like as we get more of this series is that we have this really good chemistry between Clint and Kate, but I think for me, I just, you know, we kind of gloss over some details like, how, like Clint just kind of like leaves his kids for the night and goes and hangs out with Kate. And like, I I don't know. We spent a lot of time in episode one, focusing on Clint and his kids and getting back for Christmas. And then like, he just leaves. And then, so I, I thought we could have dug a little deeper into that. The second terrible thing about both of these episodes. Can we just like figure out the texting thing? It is atrocious. It is so bad. And I, the first episode, I was like, ah, okay, whatever. And then the second episode, when Kate Bishop is texting Clint, and it's terrible. It's terrible. She's just moving her thumbs up and down and up and down, and and words are being written on the phone. Can we do something about this? I I feel like, I feel like if we can make all of these insane epic movies and shows, can we should be able to figure out how to text on screen, right? I, mean, I don't know. Maybe that's absurd. Maybe that's too much, but. It's bad. It's really bad. We got to figure this out, people. That's my one biggest gripe. I just I just had to call it out. Uh, I think awesome introduction to Echo at the end of episode two. I think that's going to be sick with that red lighting and, and her feeling the speaker. I think it's going to be very, very cool. Overall, I thought it was a, a solid first two episodes of Hawkeye. Didn't blow me away. I don't think it's the best introduction to an MCU series yet. I still vibed with WandaVision quite a bit, even though we had those black and white episodes. I still like it. Uh, It just wasn't the top. Let's finish the episode of the pod with some questions and some listener thoughts on the first two episodes of Hawkeye. First, the questions. Next episode, we're going to definitely see more Echo. Will she lead to someone else? What is her role in this series? Is Kate going to go to the police station? We don't know. She's supposed to go tomorrow morning and kind of be questioned about things, which we don't know what she's going to be questioned about. Will she go first off? And if she goes, what what will she tell them? And maybe she brings up the fact that she has a hunch about Jack. That could be a possibility. Episode fours have generally been the big hitter for Marvel shows so far. So I know we're not at episode four yet. I know next week we're talking episode three, but we could have a huge hint and a huge lead in to something that will be happening in episode four. Something to keep your eye out for. Will Clint make it home in time for Christmas? I think this is the top question on everybody's mind. Is our boy and fuck. I just said it. I just said our boy, Hawkeye, our boy, Clint Barton, he's made it into the, into the, our boy squad here on the pod. It's official. Will our boy Clint Barton make it home for Christmas? You bet your ass he will. He has to, my guy has to make it home for Christmas by the end of the series. I sure, I sure hope so. And final question that I've got, Yelena, Yelena Belova. Is she involved in the dark side of things already? Is she involved with the tracksuit mafia? When is she going to show up? How will she be involved in this storyline? And along with her, will we see Val potentially? And will we get a bigger setup to more things involving Val and Yelena now that we know that Yelena is going to be a key part of the series? Moving forward, we will see what's going on. Hajir Shakib on Twitter says that it's his favorite start to any of the shows purely based on the fact that that the most grounded MCU has been for a long time. I cannot argue with you there, Hajir. I think grounded is key, and I think that's something that is going to be a a nice palate cleanser moving forward in the MCU with the multiverse and everything going around. I think grounded is the way to go. Corellia Christina said that she thought the musical number in episode one was outstanding. Corellia! You're not wrong there. I think it was awesome as well. And Dylan on Twitter sent a gif of Kate Bishop jumping saying that was amazing. And uh, I I concur. I concur. I think that gif is the perfect way to sum up the first two episodes of Hawkeye. A solid, solid introduction for this show into the MCU TV slate of things. I think it's going to have an awesome back four episodes. I enjoyed it a lot. It does have some flaws, but it's fun nonetheless. What did you think of the first two episodes of Hawkeye? Let me know on Twitter, at 15 Minute Marvel. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any major podcast platform. And a special shout out to the patrons of the show, Brandon Clark, Kajir Shakib, and Reagan Knopf. Thank you so much. I will see you back here next time. I'm Ethan Simi, and remember, always go higher, further, and faster.